Chris, we are so glad you're here. Thanks I'm for joining us. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. I Man, appreciate it. This is great. So how did you get into becoming a life and leadership coach? Uh, before I get into that, I, I do okay. want to say how much I appreciate what you guys are doing here. Um, there's not enough stuff like this for men uh, that are helping guys to grow and, and helping men to grow in, in life and in business and in, in being men. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing here. So thank Thanks. you for doing that. Thanks for saying that. Uh, for me, it's a, it's a long story. I've been helping people my whole life, ever yeah. since I was a kid. Even as a kid, I just felt this call to always be there and help people and, and coach people. Uh, as a kid, they don't really like you coaching them. Uh, <laughs> but I have helped people my whole life, and it's just because I've had a heart yeah. to do so. Um, and I've always been, I'm, I, I study people. I'm a noticer. I I'm the kind of person mm-hmm. who always figures out why people do what they do. Why did they do that? Why did they say that? Uh, it's been huge for over 20 years. I've been teaching people on personality styles, understanding how people act, react, give information, receive information. And so I've always coached people. And during, um, for many years of helping businesses, I'd be on the stage, I'd be speaking, and we do these huge events. And I'd be teaching people about how to run their business or how to be a great leader, all this kind of stuff. I'd step down off a stage and one person would go, hey, can I just get 15 minutes with you? I said, yeah, absolutely. And I could do so much more in that 15 minutes than I could in five hours. Mm. Because I would have to teach this this up here, 30,000 foot view to help everybody. Well, I started hearing God saying, you're going to be going and doing this someday. To which I said, nah. No, that can't be you, God. Right. Right? Because this is great. Everything, everything's working out well. This is great. This is fine. And over the years, he wasn't saying go. He was saying you're going to be. Wow. But I kept thinking it was last night's pizza, right? I, I, <laughs> this can't be good. And then one day, uh, it, as I would help people in their business, I started helping them in their personal. I sat down for a, a short 45-minute deal I was helping a guy with, and we got 15 minutes in, and everything he was saying, I said, tell me about your relationship with your father. He goes, what in the world does my father have anything to do with this? I just, was it like this? Yeah. Was it like, did this happen? Yeah. Was he like this? Yeah. You're doing the same thing with your team. I mean, just tears. Wow. And he's like, I never thought I would ever get life advice in a business event. And God just continued to push on that. And then one day he said, okay, now it's time to go. And so I've been doing that ever since. Wow. That's powerful. That's the fast version. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's amazing. So as you meet with men, I mean, you're kind of getting to the core of it, but but what do you see are the most, the issues that men face? So the biggest issue that people face Mm -hmm. that I see, there's two issues. The number one issue is worth. Mm. People get their worth from men. Unfortunately, we are always trying to get our appreciation, our approval, our worth from a human being. Whether it be a leader, whether it be our spouse, whether it be our parents, whether it be our friends, we're constantly trying to get our worth from man. Now, when you get your worth from man, how long does it last? Mm. About five minutes. Mm -hmm. But we have to go again, and we have to go again, and we have to go again. So. That is the biggest issue I see is people are constantly trying to get their worth out of a human being. And many people are trying to get worth from toxic, unhealthy people. So it's, it's a contradiction, isn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to feel healthier myself by getting worth from unhealthy or toxic people. 
So that's the biggest issue I see. The second biggest issue goes back to original sin. We don't believe that God has our best interest at heart. If we did, we wouldn't need to do all the things that we do to try and be in control. What was, what was the issue? Well, God surely is hiding stuff from you. He had, you, you could be like him. Well, I need to be in control. Let me take control. Mm-hmm. We try to control our lives. I say that control is an illusion because we don't believe that God has our best interest at heart, so we have to control our family, we have to control our finances, we have to control our job, we have to control how we grow, we have to control how we get worth, and it just doesn't ever work. When you realize that you have a God that loves you so much, he has the greatest plan on the planet, he's just waiting for you to get it from him, then you can start to change things. When you realize you can get your worth from him, and by the way, Uh, The greatest example of what your worth is for me is the cross Mm. because my worth is not whether or not people think that I'm anything. I don't care. Mm. What I do care about is the greatest act of love. I know God loves me so much that the greatest act of love proves it. I'm that worthy to him. I'm so worthy that he took on the world's worst beating and most humiliating death. Well, if you appreciate me and approve of me for five minutes, that's not ever going to compare. <laughs> and if I get somebody else to do it, it's never going to compare. My worth comes from the God who is the most amazing thing we can ever experience, mm-hmm. loving me as much as he does. Wow. So. That, that's powerful. So, so for men, it's worth. What, what else do you see? What, what are the other issues you think? When, when we're trying to get worth, so everything lines up with this, right? Right. That. So if you're looking for career, like one of the things we want to talk about is growing. How do you grow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the focus is, is how much money can I make? <laughs> money for men is a scorecard, right? With money, there's a lot of guilt, shame, and fear. There's a lot of stuff that we get stuck on. We have scorecards. Well, am I doing better than somebody else? Is my car better? Is my house better? Why does all that matter? because I want somebody to go, look, you're successful. And so we begin to compare things in life to what we can accomplish. So we think our worth is coming from what we can accomplish, but it's because we want somebody to think that we're amazing. Mm. When we look into families, one of the biggest things that I absolutely hate is that we don't have great men teaching men how to be men. Mm. That's why I so appreciate what you guys are doing because so many men have never been taught how to be a great husband, how to be a great father, how to love emotionally their children, how to love emotionally their spouse. We learn from somebody else who's been distant and doesn't say I love you and oh, we're manly men. And we think that that's the way that we're supposed to be, but is that the way that Christ was? Christ didn't stand back and go, hey, everybody's at a distance, I'm, I'm a tough guy. Instead, he loved with every bit of his being. Mm. And that's tough if we don't know how to do that. So that's another area that we're constantly helping people to say, listen, forget about what you have been taught. We, we call it the root system. Mm. That's a, we don't have enough time for me to go into it, but we teach the foundation of what we do is called the root system. You are the stuff that has been buried in your soil. You pull up from your roots into your fruit and that becomes your fruit. And so we're always trying to either adjust, change, or enhance what's going into the root system. When you discover what you've been influenced by and what's happened in your past, 
then you discover how you make decisions. So everybody can know the what. Well, I know what's wrong with me. I know what I'm doing wrong. I know what. Everybody can see the what. Oh, Chris, I know what's wrong. Yes, but you don't know why. Why? Yeah. You don't know why you've been doing those things. And so we help people to actually discover the why, which is the most empowerful, uh, powerful thing, most uh, empowering thing. Because when they see the why, they're going, oh my gosh, mm. I can change that now. So many people want closure from junk that's happened or just explain to me why was my dad like this? Why was my mom like this? When you see why, you no longer care about, you're, you're able to look at that person in a different light. And one of the things we show people is, especially if they've had a bad influence from parents, we show them, can you now see that your parents are broken little kids in adult bodies? Do you see why they did? Let's, let me show you their parents and let's see what happened. And people are able to get free wow. from all of that junk and all that stuff. Praise God. That's awesome. That's so strong. We, we love it. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. So how can you help men become the best version of themselves, right? I mean, how, yeah. how do you help that process unfold? It's, it's discovering the why. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So. One of the things we have to learn in, in today's society, it's just unacceptable. Suffering is unacceptable. Mm. Everybody's complaining about how horrible things are. First world problems, right? We complain about everything. Oh my gosh, I didn't get my chicken sandwich out of the yeah. Chick-fil-A fast enough. I, we complain about everything. My car's not as fast as it. Oh, for the love. People are getting their arms chopped off somewhere else in the world. Mm. Things are happening. Shut up yeah. and understand. We're, that's not suffering, okay? Mm. But understand that God uses suffering. So I teach a lot from the aspect of wine. There's a lot of stuff that God taught through the Bible about the growing process. And one of the things is, is that when you allow that plant, that fruit, that vine to suffer, it becomes the most intense, bold, complex, fantastic product that you can come up with. If you give it all the water it needs and all the sun it needs, it becomes a lazy couch potato. We are built that way. I believe God uses those references to say, listen, you're going to suffer. Mm. How you handle it is gonna be the difference on how you grow. So if you take suffering as pain, and it is painful, but if you just, oh, poor me, I'm a victim, look at all this, then you don't grow. But if you look at suffering as a phenomenal teacher, okay, Lord, I'm in this. What do we hear over and over? What does James mm -hmm. say? Hey, don't stop it. Right. When troubles come, don't go, hey, shut this thing down. I want out of this as fast as possible. He says, no. That's he said, look at this as a great opportunity. Yeah. This is growth. Mm. It's like, James, why are you so excited? This sucks. <laughs> and he's like, no, this is great. When you realize that God is allowing the suffering to happen because you're going to become a better, more complex piece of fruit, mm. then you can enjoy that. Now, well, I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but you can actually learn from it. Say, okay, show me what's going on. I don't want you to stop it. Help me to learn from this so I can become a better man. My life is full of suffering. Yeah. There's tons of junk, tons of junk. The great thing is, is that I've been able to use all of that suffering to help people today. Mm. It's grown me. And I would love to say I'm done. 
I've got a thousand miles to go, right? I'm, yeah. I'm 10 steps on a thousand mile journey. There's so much more coming. The difference is, is now as suffering comes, my focus is, is changed. Okay, what are you doing? Help me to see, help me to grow, help me to learn. What do you want me to see out of this? Okay, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. Let me pour into you and get as much out of this process as I can. Fantastic. Jeff needs to know about this. Mm -hmm. I need to go teach. I need to, need to go help. I need to pour this into what we're doing. And then I use that to help other people as well. Wow. So much of it's been learned out of personal experience as much as reading and discovering, yeah. you know. Yeah. I truly believe uh, the, the funny thing about God's Word, <laughs> you can read God's Word and, and become very knowledgeable. Mm. When it becomes experiential, that changes everything. Oh, yeah. You can read how to rebuild an engine in your car, and it's fun. Mm. But you don't know what the heck you're doing until you actually get out there and start wrenching. And mm. once you start wrenching, now it makes sense. So as I go through, I'll never forget when I, when I got saved, I always thought I was saved. I grew up thinking I was saved. I prayed to God, I, I believed in God. I believed as long as I didn't kill anybody, I was going to heaven. I didn't know who Jesus was or what salvation was. When I finally got saved, the Bible started making sense. Mm. Every time I tried to read it beforehand, it never made sense. It was, it was Chinese. I was going to say it was Greek, which technically was. Yeah. <laughs> and so now I'm reading through it and things are making sense. And I'm watching these, his children complain about coming out of Egypt and they're complaining about this and they're complaining about that. I'm like, I was so mad. I was yeah. just a young kid. I was so mad, uh, young kid, early 20s. I was so mad. I'm like, Lord, what is wrong with your kids? Why are they, don't they see what you're doing? Mm. Look at them. They're being such pains in the backside. Yeah. And I heard God say, you do the same thing. Mm. I do? Yeah, you just do it in a different way. Okay. Okay. And that was a change for me. Now I look, I don't look at the Bible to be on my, my high horse and, and look down upon the people that have made mistakes because I've made a ton of mistakes. Mm. We've all made mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. And so I've made a ton of mistakes. What do I learn from that? This is where I grow. When I suffer, I grow. When I grow, especially with us men, mm. now I need to help other people to learn and grow from this. Because if not, where are they going to learn it? Right. So, it's a that's, lot of information. Man, so. That's awesome. No, <laughs> man, we could just camp out there the whole time. But, but we're talking about being prepared for kind of career growth and, mm -hmm. and looking uh, at where we are and how we... Uh, become our best version of in a career. So how do we prepare for that? Yeah, so when it comes to career, I, I can't stress this enough. Okay. Your career should be your calling. Mm. We look at careers as what's the best opportunity for me to make money? What's the best <laughs> opportunity for me to get ahead in society, to have the bigger house, to have the better car, to have the more money? I can tell you at, at this point in my life, none of that matters. Mm. None of it matters. I don't care. I, want to, I don't want to do anything for the rest of my life that God is not completely in. Yeah. Now, that doesn't, it, uh, there are people who are called to be administrative assistants because that's their talent. Mm. When we look at Matthew, what was Matthew? He was a tax collector. He was a record keeper. Yeah. So Jesus called him. What did he become? A record keeper. Yeah, 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 yeah. He used his strength, right? He was supposed to be that. Now, obviously, he was also a disciple as well. 
but we're supposed to be called into something because we're supposed to be a part of God's community, a part of God's commerce. I don't ever want to do anything that is not what he's calling me to do. That doesn't mean that I have to be in ministry. Everybody thinks, oh, I've got to go be in the church to mm -hmm. do this. Brother, you've been doing this a long time. I've, <laughs> I've been behind the curtain as well. You get a lot of ministry done in the church. You get a lot done outside the church. Oh, yeah. People always think, oh, ministry happens in the church. No, no, no. Mm. This is a great place to come and learn. Mm. Go and do. Right. Go take this. Go somewhere else and be light, mm -hmm. be salt in the world. Do these things. So for me to get prepared is you have to learn. You have to focus on what God wants for you as an individual. You have to understand your worth in God. Until you get that, anything I'm saying doesn't matter. Mm. Until you understand your worth in God, you're always going to go after the worth of the world. You're always going to go get your worth for men. You have to understand suffering happens and it's a great thing. People are absolutely afraid of failure. Fear of failure is one of the biggest things that we see. Wow. I say being afraid to fail is like being afraid to go to school to learn. Because failure is one of your greatest teachers. Yeah. You have to understand suffering is going to happen. Failure is going to happen. Great. Learn from it. Grow from it. But how do you take God, how do you take Jesus into what you do on a daily basis? Oh, no, Chris. You're crossing the line there, buddy. Because I can't do that in my workplace. Yes, you can. You can be salt and light. You can be a phenomenal witness and draw people to you, even if what you're doing is accounting, yeah. even if what you're doing is wrenching on cars, even if what you're doing is leading a team. You can be that. So prepare for what God is telling you to do. Learn, grow in him as much as you possibly can, and then utilize that in your walk in whatever you do. That way you're bringing God to your job. You're not going to a job that you do eight hours a day, and then you go see Jesus. Yeah. Well, I got to leave you, God. I got to go do this work thing. Mm -hmm. you, you're not a, a part of it. And then I'll come back and I'll spend 35 minutes with you. Yeah. But I'll pray at lunch. So. Well, so how do you discern between what's career and what's calling? So how, how do you help men yeah. make that distinction? Um, Bigner said, I'm going to slaughter this. Bigner had a way of saying it that your calling is where your great passion crosses the, God's, the, God's, the need of God's children. Mm. That is where your calling is. Now, do I believe that everybody is being called to that spot right at this moment? No, I did a lot of jobs that the amazing thing is, is I went through these, all these different jobs and learned that prepared me to do what I'm doing now. Yeah. So you may be... In a time of preparation. Right. Yeah. You may be working 17 different jobs before you get to that one calling. So in the job you're in, constantly be looking for what God's doing right now. What do you want me to learn now? What do you want me to do now? Don't just go do a J-O-B. Mm -hmm. Learn from what do, you, what do you want me to do here? What are you wanting me to get? You have me here for a reason. Or if I'm not supposed to be here, get me out. Yeah. Take me where you want me to go. But what are you trying to teach me in this? The other thing is, is if you're not spending time, if you're not spending time in prayer and in the Word, oh God, I, it's like trying to run a marathon without shoes, without ever having gotten off the couch, right? Without ever having practiced. 
Mm. You're trying to run this marathon and you've got nothing to do it with and mm. you've never done it. Mm. You, got to, you have to get a habit of spending time on the Word and not just the Word, but commentary, mm. you know, learning, tearing things apart. Mm. It takes me forever to get through one book in the Bible mm -hmm. because I spend so much time ripping it apart. You have to spend time in prayer, mm. not just blessing the food. Yeah. You've got to spend time with this God mm -hmm. who wants a relationship with you. We think he's so distant and we throw up some prayer and we hope that he hears us. He's literally going to talk to you and spend time with you. Listen, we've received Christ. What does the Bible say? Mm -hmm. When you receive Christ, when you receive salvation, what do you receive? Mm -hmm. His spirit inside of you. So he's either in there or he's not. Mm -hmm. And if he's in there, have a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Spend time with him. The more you do that, the more he'll say, okay, now I'm gonna open up this door. Mm -hmm. Hey, now I'm gonna guide you on this path. Hey, I want you to go look at this thing and study this thing. Oh, wow, look, that got you to this job. Mm -hmm. And he leads you. When you're led by the Spirit, which is, again, it's difficult. And how do we know? Fruits of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. If you're displaying the fruits of the Spirit, we can say you're being led by the Spirit. If you're being led by the flesh, then things aren't working well, right? Mm -hmm. When you're being led by the Spirit, everything doesn't get happy, it just gets better. Mm -hmm. And you find you're less focused on you and you're more focused on what He wants for you in your life. Mm. I love that. So, so to me, the, you're, you're hitting on it because guys, we like to compartmentalize everything, yes, right? You know, yes, so we, we got our job eight hours a day, then we got our home life, and then we got, you know, our hobby or whatever we do. And, you know, we got our sports teams that we follow, you know, go Preds. But, you know, we got, so we've got all these things, right? So how do we, instead of just compartmentalizing everything, how do we live in the spirit, right? And allow that to be our life yeah. instead of, hey, this, 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 this. How, how do you how do you teach men or help men do that? So one of the things we are using is the relationship circles. Mm. So there should be the tightest circle. If we look at these circles that go from small to larger, the tightest circle should be your relationship with God. Nothing is more important. Here's the way I, I get it across to people. Nothing on this planet matters. Nobody matters. Your children don't matter. Your spouse doesn't matter. Nobody matters. God matters. Then everybody matters. Mm. But for us, it's the other way around. Everybody else matters <laughs> and God's in there somewhere. Nothing matters mm. but God because there's not a human being who can get me into heaven. There's nobody here that can do anything for my eternity. Mm -hmm. There's only one person who can. So he matters. Then, the next tightest circle needs to be you and your spouse. Mm. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. Nothing should get it. You want to ruin your relationship? Let something else be more important than your spouse. There should be no more, more important human being on the planet than your spouse, right? Anything gets in there, work, money, kids, friends, you will ruin that. So that's the next tightest circle. The next tightest circle is your kids. Your, mm. If you have kids, your, your children. They should know that their, their mother or their father is more important than they are to their other parent. They come next. And if we take a look at Ephesians, Ephesians talks about this. It lays it out this way, right? Then, I always want to go to friends and, and close people 
but that's not where God goes. God goes to employer-employee relationships. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's the biggest part of our life outside of our family. It's what does put the food on the table. It's where we spend most of our time. And that's how he lays that out, right? So then you take a look at that relationship and understand that the person who puts your food on, the food on your table, he's an important person. She's mm-hmm. an important person but also understand the people that provide. So for me, I'm the one who puts the food on my team's table, but who's the one who puts the food on mine is all of my clients. So we all better love them well. That relationship's important. But those client relationships, that job is not important than any of the things that come before it. So you have to have that relationship with God be more important than anything else. Five minutes a day with him, eight hours at work, six, eight hours with your family, how much time does he get? <laughs> You've got to start there. If you can build that and then hold on to that person, if you're married, hold mm-hmm. on to that person and make them the most important human being on the planet, then, you know, husbands love your wives as I love the church. Mm-hmm. How did he love the church? He took on the world's worst beating. He got destroyed physically for us. Mm-hmm. Then, Love those kids. Oh my gosh. Mm. I believe you have two responsibilities as a parent. One, to show your kids that God is their father more than you are. Mm-hmm. You're only a rent-a-father. You, you, these are your kids for a time. You have a, you have a job with these kids. And it is to, one, make sure that they understand that a relationship with God is way more important than anything else. So you are here only for a time because then you have to release them. And the Bible tells us that, right? The second thing is to make sure that they grow up as adults, not kids. Mm. Men, men, please make sure you're not releasing children into the world. Don't release children, release adults, release people who are able to get their teeth kicked in, that are not, get your kids off of social media, I'm dead sick. Get yourself off of it as well. Mm-hmm. What is social media? Pure affirmation. Mm-hmm. Pure affirmation. Get rid of it. Train them up in the right way. You do these things, which comes before what? Mm-hmm. The job. All of these comes before work. If you do these right in the home, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be a freaking phenomenal hero at work. Sorry, I just said freaking on this. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) It's not a bad word to me. But you're going to be a rock star at work because it's not going to be about you. It's going to be about loving and taking care of people. So that's how I I love that. I mean, it's just powerful. But I think what you're talking about, though, we always talk about preparing for career growth, and we're thinking about what's our next step, what's our next step, you know, and I'm going to get this office, and I'm going to get this job, this promotion, this bonus, and we're kind of missing it, right? We're focused on those things versus preparing ourselves, right? preparing ourselves for what God's calling us to do. Yeah. That's a whole different way of looking at life. Oh, yeah. We look at that, what's that next thing? As if we're the ones in control. Yeah. Why? Because God does not have my best interest at heart. Well, God he's taking care of a lot of people right now and and he's busy. So I'm going to be in control of my career path. Really? You got a better idea than God does. (laughs) Well, go after it. You just go do your thing. And when he finally decides to thump you on the head, you'll learn. 
Don't worry about your career path. Don't worry about it. Trust in him. Where do you want me to be? You've given me skills and abilities. The things that I do now, I've done my whole life. Mm. I just didn't do it for him, I did it for me. When I was younger, I was helping people because I got affirmation from it. I got Mm. worth from it. For the last couple of decades, that's changed. It's all been about doing it for him Mm. because my worth in man doesn't matter. So do the things that you're skilled to do. Go after those things, but spend more time seeking him and what he wants for you. Don't worry about the career path. How many times do we preach, hey, don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah. You know, today so has enough worries of its own. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And then we go, but go after your career path. Yeah. Don't do that. Focus on where God has you right now. What do you want me to learn in this moment? Because God's not sitting up there going, you know, I sure can't wait till I can teach you something 10 years from now. Yeah. He's going, I got you right now. I can teach you all kinds of stuff. I can lead you. I can grow you. I can bless you. I can hold back from you. I can do all kinds of stuff. We worry about that career path as though we're in control, and we can be. Mm-hmm. We can't take control if we want to. Mm-hmm. But here's what I have discovered. Let it go. Yeah. I hold everything like this now. Everything like this. I tell my team when I hire people, I hold this business like this. If God says, hey, now you're going to go run a fast food restaurant, God forbid. But, you know, because not that there's anything bad with running that. I'm loving what I'm doing right now. But if you said, hey, you're going to go do this, I'm out, guys. I'm sorry. I'm done. This is no longer I'm doing this because there is something in that fast food restaurant that I'm going to go and change lives with. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make it happen that way. But I used to hold on to this like this and go, no, please don't. Please don't, please don't know. I need to stay, I need to hold on to this. And what I've discovered is the more I do this, it takes longer for him to get me to the fast food restaurant. Wow. And once I get there, it's a blessing beyond belief. Yeah. Because it's not what I thought it was, it's what he thought it was. Yeah. So don't focus on, don't worry about that career path. Worry about your relationship. He'll put you on the career path he wants to take you on. See, I think that's so powerful. Instead of preparing for career growth, you prepare yourself, mm-hmm. right? And you prepare in your relationship with the Lord, you prepare with the relationships around you, then God will take care of that. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I think that's so opposite from the way that we think. It, it, why is that? I mean, is it because we grew up playing sports that we're so competitive or is it because of what we've seen modeled for us? There's, there's multiple ways. One, I always go back to original sin. Yeah. We have Genesis an accuser. Mm-hmm. who's out there lying to us. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even have to tell straight up lies. He just needs to tweak the truth a little bit yeah. and tell us, God really doesn't have your best interest at heart. You need to go do this thing. So there's that. But then we have a society that tells us what's important. No, what's important is we have moms, we have women who believe that being a stay-at-home mom is low class nowadays, that you need to climb a corporate ladder, that the stay-at-home mom role just isn't that important. Oh my gosh, what's more important? Mm -hmm. What could be more important than raising God's kids in a healthy way? But it's now taught that, well, oh, you're a stay-at-home mom. Mm. What a horrible thing, right? We have a society that's telling us what's important. We have TV shows and social media that's telling us that you being important to other people is the thing that's important. 
So we look at this stuff, well, I want to be like so-and-so. Well, I want to be like, I want to be like them. Oh, well, I've got to have to, I need to grow with it. I need to do, stop. Mm. We're not listening to God. If we're being led by the Spirit, guess what? The Spirit's not saying, go make as much money as you possibly can. He's saying, go change lives, the money's going to come. Go focus on what I want you to do. So if you work in the fast food restaurant, don't sit back there and take people's money. Be a blessing to them every single day. When somebody walks up to that counter and they may be having a horrible day, be a blessing to them. Be a witness to them. Be a witness to your team members. Be a witness to the delivery guy who drops off the frozen patties. Be a witness. Love on people. Don't just look at this as, well, it's a job, I'm just here. So don't focus on what the world says is important. The world will tell you over and over and over again that man's affirmation is the most important thing in your life. Work your way into a place where people think you're amazing, and then you will truly have shown up. And then what? Yeah. Why do we see so many stars? I have friends that have had top hits, music singers, all that kind of stuff. Here we tend to meet people like that, and, and they constantly are looking for that next thing. Why? Because that high was amazing. I'm high every day. <laughs> well, yeah. that, that was awesome. That? That was, I just said that. <laughs> I get to help people. That high is there every single day because I'm helping people change their lives, Yeah. get a relationship with God. I don't care if man comes along and says, ooh, look at Chris Licurdo. Mm. Hey, listen. I'm very quick. I've had people say, Chris, you've been my hero. No, hey, listen, I'm no hero. Yeah. I'm a human being just like you. He's your hero. He's mm-hmm. the one who brought you here. I didn't, this isn't me. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. I'm just the vessel he's using. Mm-hmm. If I think that this is me, it's going to go south pretty quickly, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how I look at it. Wow. Quit, quit focusing on man's approval. Now, you do a thing called next-level leadership. What, what is that? Yeah, we, we, we focus on two areas in life and in leadership. So we have our next-level leadership where we have a couple of different things. We have our mastermind course. This is why I love what you guys are doing. Mm. We're huge on accountability. Mm. Now, the church has messed up the word accountability mm-hmm. for decades, right? There's a lot of places out there that have destroyed the word accountability. So a lot of people that come from the bad churches, which is not here, mm-hmm. they come from this thought of, oh, accountability is, I'm going to come and tell you something I've done wrong. You're going to beat the daylights out of me. Tell me how horrible I am. Look down on me and then tell me that I can't be a part of the church or whatever's going on. That has got to change. Mm. It's got to change. It's got to change. Good accountability. James, mm. Paul, mm-hmm. we see it. So in James, it talks about how, hey, when you're sick, you should go to the elders of the church Mm. for prayer. The word's translated incorrectly. Mm. It really means fallen behind. It really means fallen away. It really means sinning. Paul talks about it as well. You're supposed to, who were the elders supposed to be? Who did they Mm. pick for elders? Mm. Spirit-filled people. People where you see the fruits of the spirit. Well, when you see the fruits of the spirit, what are you not going to see? The fruits of the flesh. So if you've done stupid, go to somebody that you can get accountability from so they can help restore you. That is so crazy powerful and so needed Mm -hmm. in so many people's lives. 
So for us, our goal is we've got all these leaders that come in. Our goal is to create an accountability in their life and in their business. So we do Next Level Mastermind, which is our mastermind group, and they come in and every single week they're a part of this accountability group that's helping them to grow as leaders, helping them to grow as, as entrepreneurs, if they're an entrepreneur, helping them to have accountability so they get pushed on. They don't get looked down on, they don't get judged, they don't get treated badly, they get a push. Mm. Hey buddy, you can do more than that. Hey, listen, you need to focus, that thing you're focusing on, is it the important thing or is this the important thing? Mm. So they get that every single week. And then quarterly they get events with us where we will teach not only business stuff, but Jesus. Mm. And they get Jesus wrapped in uh, to this information. And we teach on leadership, we teach on business, we teach on health, we teach on communication, we teach on family, we teach on all kinds of stuff. So those are the two main areas. We've got the accountability group and then we've got these, we only open up the events once a year publicly. Mm. Um, the rest of the time it's, it's just for that accountability group. Um, and then we've just got other things that we do to help leaders to grow and build. I love it, I love it. So if you could say one thing to men, like as men are, we're called to be spiritual leaders. And if you could say one thing to say, Here's what I would encourage you or challenge you to be a spiritual leader. What would, what would you say? What would you just say? This is it. So when it comes, can it be a long answer? <laughs> there's, a, that's a, there's, there's a lot to that. Oh, yeah. I, mean, the, really... I don't know if I have one thing. Men understand we are supposed to be the leader. Hmm. Now, we've been told that we're not. Oh, no, we're, we're all equal. Here's the funny thing. Guys, have you realized you're not the same as women? Mm -hmm. We are called to lead, but what is that leading supposed to be? Not domination. Mm -hmm. Jesus did not lead by dominating his family, the church. He led through love. Mm. Love is how you lead, not you're going to do what I say. Love is caring more about the person you're leading than caring about yourself. Love is being concerned with the relationship the person has with the Almighty God, not with me. If I can point you to him, I don't have to worry about your relationship with me. It's going to be good. Love in leadership. And if you think you're leading, turn around. If nobody's following you, then you're not leading. Leading is saying, hey, come with me this way, not, hey, go do this thing. We've not been taught how to lead through love. We've been taught how to lead through statement, opinion, um, getting frustrated when somebody's not doing what we are telling them to do. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to follow somebody who's that kind of leader. We've all worked for a leader that's been like that, Mm -hmm. and we didn't want to follow that person. Who do we follow? Mm -hmm. The one who has the loving heart who's guiding, directing, loving on me, not telling me, you need to do this and you're bad for doing that. Mm -hmm. Love, 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 love. Um, Understand that you may not have been taught how to do that. Find somebody who's full of the Spirit. Find somebody with the fruits of the Spirit and go, how are you doing it? And they may not have every fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Mm -hmm. They're not going to be perfect, Mm -hmm. but at least learn from them in the areas that you possibly can. And then translate that into what you do with your family. But if you cannot be led by the Spirit, Mm -hmm. how can you lead other people? 
Yeah. So you have to become submissive to God. When you submit to God and to his leading, then you can lead from love as opposed to statement, opinion, pushing, losing. So many, so many parents get so upset at their kids, they feel like they have to be the bad person because they don't know how to actually lead their kids. And so they feel like they're losing worth by their seven-year-old, and so they get hard. Mm. No, you're going to do this. Why did you do that? They get rough on them because they're losing worth as an adult by a seven-year-old, which guess what? The seven-year-old only learned how to manipulate you as a parent because you taught him how, mm. and you fed into that. Choices and consequences. I, we're, I'm sure we're out of time. I'm, I'm not going to go into that. No, well, all right. I, I, one, one question, then we're going to take a couple. But, okay. but uh, uh, what do you want your legacy to be? So whenever that word comes up, uh, the legacy is what I'm leaving behind. Right. I could care less about a legacy of Chris Lacurdo mm. as much as I care about a legacy of Jesus. Amen. Mm. So I don't, I, I don't want monuments. I, don't, I could care. Nobody's going to care. I don't care. When I'm dead, I could care less about any of that junk. My legacy needs to be, and I even hate to say my, it needs to be Jesus. Mm. It needs to be Jesus. It needs to be Jesus. It needs to be that people understand this is a breath of time. We're so concerned. Francis Chan did this yeah. once years ago, had a huge rope, and he had a little bit of red on it, and he said, we're so concerned about this. This is earth. Mm. We're so concerned about this, and this is eternity, and we're not, we're not focused on that. Mm -mm. This is a breath. Mm. Understand that. That's what I want people to know. There is a much greater life that's coming. Get yourself through this one and get onto that. Mm. Learn how to walk this one so that you can prepare yourself for that one. Wow, that's awesome. That's so good. All right, we got time for a couple of questions. Yeah, we do. Uh, okay, Chris, uh, let's see. We've got this first one up here. What are some of the biggest challenges you see as people move from doers to leaders, and how do you help them through this transition? <clears throat> No, that's a, that's a fantastic question. <laughs> because who taught the doer how to lead? One of the things we teach entrepreneurs all the time, don't take your best salesperson and make them the sales team leader. What makes you think they can lead? Because they can sell really well. When you go from doing to leading, we think I have a position now. Leadership is not a title. It's not a title, it's not a title. Leadership is leading. You lead people to something. We have a saying, it's your job as leader to make your team successful, not the other way around. We think that they're supposed to make us successful. We have the title. We're supposed to lead. Uh, we're supposed to tell them what to do. Oh my gosh, no. Lead people to becoming their most successful they can possibly be. It's just like your family, right? Mm -hmm. So in other words, don't, if you are a great golfer, mm -hmm. don't force your kid to be a golfer. What if they're an artist? Well, art's not really important. Really, it is to God. So help them be successful at that. You know, help them to, and by the way, graphic artists make a heck of a lot more money than most people nowadays. <laughs> Lead them to success. Don't think, oh, now that I'm a leader, I've got to be this, this person with this title and I've got to tell people what to do and I've got to make sure that nobody sees my flaws. Big mistake leaders make is thinking that people don't see their flaws. Mm. Be vulnerable. Help people be successful. You will duplicate you in a heartbeat. 
You, if you help them be successful, then by default you will become successful. So our concept of leadership is so jacked up. Mm. We think it's that title. Forget the title, lead from where you are. If you're a doer right now, lead. Mm. Seek God, see how he wants you to lead people. Don't care about the title, do it right now. Yeah. And if you do get that leadership role, understand you have a greater responsibility. For those of us that do what we do, mm -hmm. I believe we've got a much greater responsibility. Oh, yeah. We're gonna be held accountable for this stuff, mm -hmm. right? So understand that God's putting his children under you because he believes that you can take on the responsibility. Understand the weight of leadership is about other people's lives, not about your ego, not about your affirmation, not about your title. Make them successful. I don't know how to do that. Find out how. Mm. How do I make the admin successful? I'm totally not administrative at all. Discover what they need, what will make them better, what tools that are missing, get their opinions. I say tax the collective intelligence. Get your team, tax the collective intelligence. Find out what's going on. Gain perspective. People don't gain perspective on anything. Go discover what's needed. What will grow them? Uh, what's the best way to utilize that role in, in your team? Go from role to role to role. Make those people successful. Don't get yourself bogged down. There's another thing that people do. We call it uh, the leadership crazy cycle. They get so bogged down in tasks and junk and stuff because they, they feel worthy when they've done 73 things in a day, even though they don't know which 73 things they did. They feel worthy, they get stuck in the leadership crazy cycle. We call it killing the leadership crazy cycle. Get that junk out of there, go help people. Go serve your team. Leading is not telling your team what to do, it's serving them. Serve them to become better at what they do, you by default will become better at what you do. Wow, that's awesome, that's awesome. All right, one more. Yeah, let's get one more in here. Uh, can it be dangerous to spend too much time focusing on where you came from and what has happened to you rather than where you are going? That is, yes, that is, that is absolutely true. If you spend too much time, take a look at the question. If you spend too much time focusing on it, yes. What we help people to do is to go gain perspective to discover the why. Where do people spend their time? In the what. what? Um. In the what, in the what, in the what for years and years and years and they never move on. It just makes things even worse. We go back into what we call the root system. We show them the why. We help them to see, we, we help them to pull it out themselves. We show them why the what exists. So the what is what we call the surface level. And I praise God for counselors. I think everybody should have somebody to go talk to. I think that, that's a great thing for people in their lives. But counselors, get, they stay stuck on the what. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're having anger issues. Well, it probably has something to do with, let's show you how to deal with anger. We'll show you why you are struggling with the anger issues. And all of a sudden, you have freedom from the anger. Yeah. You don't realize that that's coming from this thing back here or way down, deep down in your root system. When you see why you've been struggling, because usually it's some conflict, something happened, some influence, a bad situation. When we show you the why and we show you the why of the person that it was also involved, you no longer care about being angry. Mm. You think anger is about anger. It has nothing to do with anger. Anger has to do with something in your root system that you don't either know what it is or how to deal with it. 
So yes, if you spend too much time on the what, you're gonna, you're gonna destroy yourself. Yeah. If you get to somebody who can show you how to get to the why, all of a sudden that goes away. Because now you understand it, you no longer focus on the what. Wow. Hope that makes sense. Oh, it's good. So good. So good. Yeah. Chris, you are amazing. This has oh, been awesome. This, this has been so good for this us. Is Thank all, you. This is all years and years of God doing his thing, man. Yeah. This is all years of God just it. saying, hey, I'm going I'm to drop a hammer on you and you're going to use this somewhere someday. So yeah, I praise God yeah. that we get to do this. Wow. Well, let me pray for us. Absolutely. Father, thanks for today. Yes. God, I'm so encouraged and challenged, Father, um, to be the man that you have called each of us to be. And Lord, I pray that we would be men after your heart. I pray that, God, we would seek you all the days of our life. I pray that, God, our worth and our value would come in you and and not what everybody else says or not keeping a scorecard or our finances or our cars or our homes, God, but but really that at the, at the very core of our being, God, we would be men who seek you. So, Lord, come, fill us today, and God, empower us to be the spiritual leaders that you have called us to be. And to you be glory forever and ever, Father. To you be glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome.